0: Hello and welcome back, I am your host Tracy Duke and thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast platform. It's great to have you here but don't forget that we're also active on LinkedIn and Instagram with plenty of behind the scenes extras and insights to challenge your thinking, inspire you and get you truly focused on what's possible for the year ahead. Now in season four of the podcast we're continuing to explore high performance and asking the question, are we all truly capable of achieving extraordinary success? And if so, how do we do it? But before we dive into this week's conversation, here's a short soundbite from last week's chat with former rugby professional, Chris Bentley.
1: Where's your happiness coming from? Does it have to come from affectations and stuff or can it come from within? And and I found that my, my life My meaning in life is just to be happy and give as much happiness as I can to those around me. Pretty much, as much of the time. And and I'll I'll, I'll be lying if I say I don't have bad days. I absolutely categorically have miserable days. The black dog comes and parks himself on my door and I'm full of desperation and it's shit. And isn't it (laughs) crap? But but the, the important thing for me is that when you have a bad day, it is a bad day or is a bad sequence of time. It's, it's not 48 hours, it's not 72 hours, it's not, you know, whatever it may be. You, you nail it down and, and when the next day rises, you, you move on and you do your habit stack and suddenly you find it, it ain't as bad. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, when he was the President of America, uh, and he was asked for a quote, this too will pass. And it's one of the best you can have in the good times and in the bad times. Don't get too caught up when you're having a good time, don't get too caught up when you're having a bad time because it's going to move on transitory
0: now this one resonated with so many of you and it's totally understandable we've been there most of us at one point or another and if we hadn't been there before covid it's likely we've been there at some point since now what's important is how we move on from those dark times what practices we put in place to make sure we're able to deal with it and to move through as quickly and smoothly as possible. Now my guest today is someone who has been there and who has used those difficult times to drive forward and achieve extraordinary success. Here's what you can expect.
2: So at the moment, a lot of my challenges, they have to have an an element of travel to somewhere I've never been uh, and they have to have an element of, um, physical, mental, and like nearly emotional or spiritual, um, challenge. You know, they have to, I have to be able to get something back from them. You know, they have to be able to, um, push me to my limits and, and be something I have never done. Um, because I, I know it's in those moments of stress in those moments of hardship during those, um challenges that I am going to have a window for, of opportunity to grow from, you know, so it has to be right at the edges of my capabilities, uh, in those planes, physical, mental, emotional, uh, for me to grow from it. And that growth is something I have a a great need for in my life, you know, Uh, I I value it highly. Uh, So, you know, so it's got to have travel, it's got to have that kind of physical and mental uh, uh, challenge.
0: Damien Brown is an explorer, athlete, speaker and former rugby professional player from Galway in Ireland. After a 16-year career battling on the rugby pitches of the Celtic League, English Premiership and the French Top 14 Championship, injury forced his hand and he made the tough decision to retire. Now, during his downtime from the intensity of professional sports, Damien indulged his passion for travel and adventure, visiting more than 50 countries on six continents and challenging himself in different ways. You know, a three-week expedition into the high-altitude mountains in Afghanistan, summiting Kilimanjaro and climbing Mont Blanc, France, and Grand Paradiso in Italy. Since retiring from the game, he's taken on the might of the Sahara Desert, competing in the toughest foot race on Earth. He's ridden the iron ore train in Northwest Africa. He's walked the world's most dangerous hike in China, and he single-handedly rode the Atlantic in the Talisker Whiskey Challenge, a 63-day challenge that threw everything at him. Nine meter swells, head injuries, capsize, pushing him physically and mentally far beyond his preconceived limits. Now, I cannot wait to dive into this one with Damien. But before we do, a quick reminder of our course, Meditation, the Game Changer. It's a powerful 10-module deep dive into the practice of meditation, the non-negotiable tool of high achievers the world over. Head on over to Teachable or Udemy to check it out, to try a complimentary module, a Session, enroll and kickstart your new year with some real focus. And now, from his home in Brisbane, Australia, a huge welcome to my guest, Damien Brown. Damien, honestly, truthfully, it's a real honor to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thanks for having me, Tracy. Tracy. sorry, my pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. In your mind, what does success mean to you? And what's the first step towards achieving it?
2: Without, um, I'm always a bit wary of this answer because it can come across a bit lofty and a little bit, um, uh, I don't know, airy fairy a little bit or a little bit intangible but for me success is um inner peace through self-realization so like you know that search for becoming um or realizing your potential as a human and all the different avenues and planes and areas we can um trudge down or step down and and what that gives you the feeling that gives you and kind of where I have found uh, great contentment is um, following uh, pathways of real value to me things that are important to me and and feeling that feedback that I get from that Uh, and that feedback for me is like a drug it's like an addiction um, and it kind of it spreads my wings in searching for more and more and going deeper down avenues I um, I know and also um, uh, beginning new avenues I get a, I feel a pull towards and sometimes I come out of them because they don't give me anything uh, through some honest analysis and sometimes I, I stay the path because of that initial kind of uh, nearly um, feedback like uh, a kind of uh, immediate feedback that I get that like yeah this is this is right and this is good and this is something you need to pursue and this is something that is going to give you um that sense of kind of fulfillment
0: is that has that intuition developed over time with having spent long periods of time on your own in a sort of a thoughtful mindset
2: it helps <laughs> it definitely helps i I know the um the cultural uh, narrative around spending time alone is tinged negatively. Uh, I don't see it like that at all actually i I put a lot of my own kind of development down to spending time alone spending time alone and um and getting to understand myself and see myself um in those kind of spaces you know like often well, on expeditions, for example, the one that comes up is you know spending sixty-three days alone on the Atlantic and and um, witnessing myself under you know extreme physical and mental and even a little bit of emotional stress, you know, and and uh, having the space and the freedom to witness that and see that, and uh, often I find uh, when I am crowded in whatever way say just normal life uh, when there's people around it's a distraction you know it's a stimulus that takes away from that uh, introspection and learning a little bit more about you so I do seek that out Um, and I wouldn't say it was always you know I I would like if I think back to being a a kind of 15 year old or 16 year old and spending time alone like that was quite painful actually you know um, because you didn't know the right questions to ask yourself. You didn't know what you were looking for. You didn't know what was important to you. So it was, uh, that was a confusing, maybe more than painful is probably the, the description of it. You know, it's confusing time, but I, I still think that it, it was a, a foundational step or a step on the journey to kind of understanding myself a little bit better and getting to know myself a little bit better.
0: I understand that. And I guess it's getting comfortable with being uncomfortable which many of us will shy away from.
2: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I often say that, but I put myself in that state all the time in training. Uh, I do it through a very simple prism of physical training and trying to push my body to new capacities, you know, and sometimes I see parts of myself that I don't like uh, and that comes up and I see actions about myself and thoughts about myself I don't like. Uh, but it's i, I i've kind of learned that that is just information and that the, the the big decision that has to be made is what you do with that information do you avoid it that 's the easy option or do you accept it or do you change it? Those are your three choices you know and and one of them is very brave uh, one of them is a little less brave and one of them is easy uh, and often what we Do is avoid it, you know. But I, I, I feel if we can learn to approach it, just see it as information, because it can be changed. Those things about ourselves can be changed if we want to change them, you know. Uh, If we can learn to approach it, um, you know, that that is uh, an empowering step to be able to make.
0: Mm. And very much a process that that many have gone through during this last year of COVID, where they've had to face. Maybe what they didn't want to have to, and have gone through that process, and, and and likely, hopefully, come through stronger with a better understanding.
2: Yeah, hopefully, you know, I think it's only uh, it's it's never. I must say, it is a little bit of a different. Um, what's the word? When it is imposed on you, it's a it's a little bit of a different psychology, you know, that you have to try and uh, reframe because. Off like if I think about my again, my own journey and what I've learned is that like a lot of the a lot of my choices have been um self-imposed, you know, to, to like row the Atlantic solo or to you know to have these windows of time. But when it's imposed on you, the that starting psychology is much more difficult, you know. But I suppose it's a reframing to be able to see the opportunity in the situation. Um and I'm sure loads of people have done that during COVID. Um, you know, had that kind of organizational kind of psychology to be able to to see this okay, like it's shit. Like, but at the same time, I can look at this two ways, like, and one, one way is opportunity, and surely there's an opportunity for me here somewhere in my life, somewhere in something that's important to me that I can, you know, continue to push myself in and grow from and, and develop in and get something from.
0: Is self-mastery something that anybody can achieve that self-control?
2: I don't see why not. Um, it all starts in the head though. <laughs> um, I, I like I, I don't know what percentage is, but it's a large percentage starting in your head. and I think if you if you're not asking yourself the right questions, to be able to kind of take full responsibility for your life and everything that comes into it and every part of it um you'll never get there you know so uh asking yourself those um being able to ask yourself those questions isn't easy often you know we are a little bit wired uh differently you know we're we're wired to think about surviving but sometimes we have to kind of just change that Uh, be able to see it a bit differently and you know give ourselves the impetus to start that journey to self-mastery and then when it is um, when that first step that foundational step of taking responsibility for your life when that's in place I think you have good very very good um, uh, chances of really reaching your potential like you know next step i would say is to find what's important to you find what is valuable to you uh find what has real meaning and and kind of brings purpose to your life uh, and then it's committing to that path and those three are quite you know psychological and then the the next steps for me are planning you know making a plan to kind of to uh, get to um uh, the value get to the whatever you want to kind of achieve uh, and then putting in the work, and then you gotta put in the work, put in the work and put in the work. And it is it is hard work as, as everything that has um, great rewards should be and, and is. And then it's just, you know, I think once you've taken responsibility, then, you know, you'll always find the way. And once you've committed, you'll always find the way of through that. And because there will be, I suppose, what I'm trying to say there is, there will be um, hurdles, there will be problems, there will be issues on that journey. There always will be. And but with those kind of foundational steps in place, you, you'll find the way, and you'll persevere through that. And I think then you know you have every chance of uh, mastering um, parts of your life. Wonderful.
0: Okay, well, let's start with that dream then. Let's start with that challenge. And, um, you know, your list, your portfolio, your experience is is something that I've personally not come across before. I've not had the privilege of speaking to someone um, who has poured himself in and done quite as much as you have. But what is it about a potential challenge that allows it to make its way onto your list so with um when you have any option open to you what is it that says that's the one i'm doing right now
2: um honestly uh, i'll go into the kind of the, the the details but uh i i go a lot by feel and um i often kind of find myself like i've just learned that way you know um as, as my fee- feedback, uh, feeling that feedback and um, learning from it and tr- ending up trusting it and uh, having, I suppose, it reinforced in its kind of um, uh, North Star or in its compass, that's, so that's sometimes I'll just trash ideas around in my head and one of them will feel right. I know this is wishy-washy. Um, what I have learned is that, that those things that I've committed to in the past and, and some I have in line for the future is that they are all things that are really important to me. They're things that I get great um, growth from. I get great le- learning from. I get great experiences from. And they're often uh, travel. Like I, I love to travel. Um, I love, I want to see like every corner of the world, every country of the world is a kind of lifetime goal of mine. So at the moment, a lot of my challenges, they have to have an, an element of travel to somewhere I've never been. Uh, and they have to have an element of um, physical, mental, and like nearly emotional or spiritual um challenge you know they have to i have to be able to get something back from them you know they have to be able to um push me to my limits and and be something i have never done um because i i know it's in those moments of stress in those moments of hardship during those um challenges that i am going to have a window for of opportunity to grow from you know so it has to be right at the edges of my capabilities uh in those planes physical mental emotional uh for me to grow from it and that growth is something i have a, a great need for in my life you know uh, i i value it highly uh, so you know so it's got to have travel it's got to have that kind of physical and mental um uh challenge and it's got to have adventure it's got to have like I'm a very curious person curious about my inner world curious about the external world and the planet and you know it's got to have a sense of adventure around it so uh you know all those three things are an amalgamation of very kind of purposeful points for me and And then that's kind of the feedback I would have been getting, you know, when when something touches all those three boxes, I would have got that really nice, good. Yeah, that's for you. Let's go. Let's commit to it. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, I love it. But what what happens? You know, I mean, I've been there in certain situations where I've thought, yes, this is it. I'm going to do it. It's ticking all the boxes. And then you're there. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, your ego is jumping in and it's saying, yeah, right. You can't do that. It's impossible. You're not going to do it. And for some people that will stop them there and then in their tracks. But how do you, how do you move? Does that happen for you? Do you ever have their ego jumping and saying, no way, well, you can't do this one. It's a step too far. And if it does, how do you get past it?
2: I, ego has sabotaged a lot of things for me. You know, I would say even elements of my rugby career were sabotaged by ego. Um, I've learned from that. Um, You know, I've, uh, those things, those like uh, experiences, be they some level of pain, um, have made me reflect. and, And just my outlook and my general kind of attitude towards life is to, you know constantly be striving for more for myself so I, I would have integrated a lot of um kind of psych uh, like I don't want to say I would have integrated a lot of um I, processes is the wrong word because I, I didn't know I was integrating them you know but it was almost off the back of those experiences that I, I started to ask myself much better questions uh during a like preparation period you know so that's when ego kind of has its window to come up I found for me and if I keep ask uh, os- uh, honestly analyzing what I'm doing and, and asking myself kind of brutally hard questions and keep questioning everything nothing is sacred even my own thoughts even my own actions um, I don't give it that window you know where it can sneak in and manipulate in the background and you know, cause, um, havoc or cause disruption or cause sabotage down the line because that's what happens. It's, it's not really an immediate thing. I find it's more down the line. That's not to say, you know, I, I often have like, again, um, I feel like the, the body has answers for us, you know, and by pushing it, we discover those answers. Um, and I have pushed my body to um, places of extreme discomfort and doubt and negativity and chaos uh, to be able to, to be ready, to be able to train my mind to be ready in those moments, to revert, to redirect my thoughts to something within my control. And that's what I try and do. You know, I try and uh, like, Today, for example, I was on the row machine, and I had a a monster session. It was just disgusting different kind of intensities uh to really put my body into a place of um, or my mind into a place of stress and then it was a very long session, so there was kind of outcome orientation and I'm just constantly reverting to my self talk to my breath, to my um effort and to my body position and technique because those are four things I can control um in some way or other so i've kind of i've set myself up to be um to be ready for those moments and then to be kind of wired to deal with them well um because i'm going to need that like because those are like that is coming on mount everest that is coming on ocean rose like you know and uh the sooner i can uh, be aware of it and then uh kind of concentrate on what's in my control the quicker I can revert to um to a controlled mindset to be able to push on and kind of achieve what i want to achieve I've learned through experience like i've i and I've learned through my body like i have a a method that I would say is it's the only way I've learned like you know i've not i i don't have any kind of um i don't have any kind of what would you call it um academia or degrees or i've just learned through experience and environments and um extremes like professional rugby and now kind of extreme adventures so um it's it's i would say it's mapped in my nervous system you know from my brain through my spine and you know into all my nerves so you see i close my eyes because i can go back to those experiences when i'm talking about them to feel them you know to feel the what i went through and and how i got through it yeah exactly that's why i close my eyes a lot in interviews because i'm revert i'm going back to those places so i'm able to uh, connect with the experience because I've done it so much like I, I, I believe it's mapped in my body um, and that's how I can kind of reconnect to to the it's not true any kind of it's not true reading books and you know writing and all that um, it's more true the, the physical um, learning through experience
0: let me tell you what you're doing is so powerful but I mean just for for context, as we're recording here, Damien's in Brisbane, I'm here in Exeter in the UK, and we're recording via Zoom, so I can see Damien. And as he's talking, he very much is, his eyes are closed, he is going right back there to those experiences. And that's so powerful, Damien. I can feel it from here. Um, I can feel what you're thinking. It is bizarre, it's almost given me goosebumps.
2: (laughs) Wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I, I it's I I stumbled into it, you know. I, I stumbled into it through uh a kind of drive to be a better rugby player. And I remember kind of rugby was Everton for many, many years, but I, I remember becoming a little bit um I did I never wanted it to finish, but I also had thoughts around like, well, when I finish. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. I knew like having control over my own training, I'd be able to push myself into better places, maybe not harder places, or in some cases, maybe harder places, but better places for me that I really wanted to explore that I felt were were going to give me something. So, uh, and over the last five years, kind of that's been, you know, my journey. And I've always had something though that has been like uh, pushing that training, you know, because otherwise if you don't have a goal, um the the energy needed to push into those places will be will be unsustainable you know so I've always had a big goal I've been trying to achieve but so much of the energy and so much of the drive around that is just discovering more about myself and learning more about my body and my mind and my emotions and you know growing on the inside and deep or maybe deepening myself on the inside deepening my understanding of myself um but yeah it's amazing it all came from a a fat 17 year old deciding to get fish and run laps around the pitch. And, and now I'm um, 23 years later. I, I, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very like, that was the greatest gift I ever gave myself, you know, taking those steps that night as a 17 year old, because it just brought me on this incredible journey that I don't really know what it is, but I, I know I like it. I know it feels great. It feels right. It feels true. It feels natural. Um, and I'm going to continue until uh, until the day they put me in the ground.
0: Oh, uh, Damien, tell me the importance of having your family on board with you, because it it must be quite tough for them seeing you go out there and 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 do these challenges. How do you get them on board?
2: <laughs> well. Um, I have a big new challenge coming up because I'm about to become a dad for the first time in about nine weeks. Uh, so I suppose there was an element, uh, of the last five years where the only real decision I had to make was like, who was going to look after my dog while I was away. Uh, things are going to change dramatically now. <laughs> um, that, that being said, like I, I did have a little bit of resistance within my family when I told them I was going to row the Atlantic because my mother just doesn't have a great relationship with the sea. Her, uh, her own, her, her brother, my uncle is, uh, was a fisherman. And I think he used to be filling her head with like tales of, you know, the extremes of what he would have gone through on the West coast of Ireland. So, you know, she, she's conditioned to, you know, think negatively about the sea and then i tell her i'm gonna row the atlantic but you know and she knows i can't swim so it's not <laughs> so uh there was you know that was delicate and what i what i i'm not saying i was um what i did was perfect or but what i what i thought i should do is just bring her as close to it as i can bring her as close to the preparation uh and keep her um you know try and consciously articulate to her the detail I am going into in my preparation around safety, around being vigilant on board, around being diligent and you know I I wasn't uh, in no part of that expedition was there a death wish you know there was no, I wasn't there to die so dead, in fact my whole mindset was how do I keep as safe as possible on this boat Um, so uh, it was just articulating that to her uh regularly you know um in different ways it wasn't like sit down here ma'am i want to tell you about this but it was it was quite casual you know just to relieve some of the fear and the probably self-talk that was going on inside her head around this you know um and <laughs> all that been said when i arrived in antigua uh which so i rode from um the canary islands Gomera and the canary islands to antigua 3000 miles when i arrived in antigua and i hugged her uh she wouldn't let go and she was like never ever 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 do that again (laughs) and i'm thinking in my head going "Jesus, uh i have another idea for another ocean row i'm not going to break it to her now i'll maybe give it a year and see how things settle and uh we'll go from there
0: so damien once you've taken that leap you've you've made the decision you've 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 taken the leap you're committed you're on for whatever challenge it is um are there are there any first of all are there any no-go areas for you that challenges that mean you're going to have to face something that you're not yet ready to face or do you think you've done the work as we've just talked about this put you in the position that means you'll face anything
2: yeah a great question i think it's an important uh so, it's 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 an important distinction to make here. I think there there has to be a stretch in the challenge, you know, especially the big ones, you know. So I I actually think we should, you know, if if we're kind of if our mindset, if our uh, outlook is around kind of developing and growing as people, we should have different levels of challenges, you know. So we have the small ones, the ones we can do every day. You know, if you're working in an office, it's probably making that phone call you're avoiding, you know, first thing every morning. Just something that can um, that is challenging on uh, um, psychologically, maybe in this case. And then, but it is, once you get it done, it you know you get that sense of kind of achievement or something. You get that feed, good positive feedback, and it gives you energy for the rest of the day. So in my case, my everyday thing is is training, you know, physical training. And then I think we should have some sort of um, you know, a bigger challenge that's every three or four months. And then I like one more level is the kind of one challenge you do every year or two years. And in that case, like there has to be a stretch. There has to be, it has to, you know, it has to push you in some level or it has to push me anyway. Cause I, I I'm not interested in going over all ground or, you know, doing something that, you know, I'm, It's not going to, you know, I know it's not going to give me much, but it can't be too much either. Like it can't be unachievable. Like I couldn't go, I don't know if you know, but like those guys, um, Who uh, There was 10 Sherpas who climbed K2 in winter. So K2 is the um, most treacherous, highest, most difficult mountain in the world to uh, climb. It's the second highest mountain in the world. And they were the first people ever to climb it in winter, which is obviously much colder and much more difficult than summer, where it already has a like 25% debt rate. I wouldn't dream of doing that. Even though I like high-altitude mountaineering, I wouldn't be anywhere near that level um And if I had aspirations, I would put in place a kind of almost like a plan to kind of put myself in a position to do that. but uh, at the moment like i'm i 'm going to attempt Mount Everest in uh, about two and a half months if all things go to plan and you know COVID doesn 't derail it again but that 's a huge stretch for me, uh, and that 's about my limit you know um, uh, like even at that, I have no idea if i 'm going to um, Kind of succeed in what I want to to achieve there, uh, and that that's as far as I'll go. So it's 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 kind of I think it's important that we're always making those small little steps, you know, to continually um, to continually kind of develop and grow. Uh, and if if that makes sense, like that's kind of my stretch of a step, like to go for, for that. Um, so, uh, but like yeah, there is things that are there is things that I've no interest either that. You know, people might suggest to me, you know, that as a challenge, and I just, I just get this feedback straight away, and it's like, I don't have any interest in it. It's not going to give me what I need, you know, in terms of the challenge in on all the levels and the growth, um, and the the experience as well. So I kind of, yeah, and I, and then there's the kind of things around. Something else that's coming up. Sorry, is like. Uh, something that would be dangerous you know like it would be life-threatening i have no interest no you can keep it i value my life i want to i want to live it to the best of my ability but i don't i have no interest in 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 dicing with it in any way you know so um <laughs> uh you know it's just it's not worth the risk to me you know it's just too valuable i respect it too much and um um you know yeah so so those things are just i just dismiss them i don't even think about them
0: so that's that's interesting because i look in at most of your challenges and think oh my god that could kill me that could row in the ocean <laughs> right Yeah, uh, nine foot swell nine meters swell. that could kill me uh, so i guess it's your perception
2: yeah no that's that's a really good point you know i remember hearing an interview with um Alex Olond, the guy who uh, free soloed El Cap. I don't know if you saw that movie. I did. When he climbed, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. And I I heard him on a podcast and uh, me and you looking at that, I presume me and you looking at that anyway, and we think that's the most dangerous thing I've ever seen. But he was saying on the podcast that that, that had a level of danger or risk to him of 3 out of 10. I was like, holy fuck, I don't I, I don't know how, but I suppose he spent his whole life, uh, doing that sort of stuff and and you know he's not he's not a bullshitter so uh yeah I was like I suppose so yeah you make a really good point is is it's a perception thing.
0: Yes. That was a phenomenal climb. I watched it here with my boy. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah great movie and uh, what a uh, just mind blowing kind of achievement and yeah.
0: I'll put the links to that one in case anybody wants to watch that. It's it's a really good watch. Um I just want to touch on failure and the fear of failure which many of us have to overcome and you know we know that the fear of failure will stop many of us in our tracks before we even get going is I, i'm getting the feeling that it hasn't been but i'm going to ask you anyway is is that something you've had to overcome
2: i i'm, I'm not afraid of failure um i mean i've failed so many times around so many things um I've learned the value in it. actually like, there's, there's great value again, if you, if you're willing to pose some, uh, really difficult questions in reflection or in analysis of the failure. Uh, and I do that because, um, I just want to get better. I just want to continue the journey and get the most out of my life as I can. Um, and I think there, that's a great way to learn you know, by failing and by pushing. And I think if you're going to live a kind of a life, personally anyway, I I know that like pushing into those edges physically is that some days there will be failure and um, that comes and it's just, a, it's just about having that kind of honest reflection and trying to get the most out of it and trying to learn about what you fail and then committing to coming back and having another go at it um and uh and that's empowering you know like you you see or you you kind of you see what may have derailed the the effort or what you wanted to achieve or the the time on the erg like i remember when I was training for so i compete on the indoor rows and I was training for a um a 2000 uh two thousand meter this is just the worst the most horrendous um fitness test or test of power endurance you could ever come across so it's like basically six minutes long or a little bit over six minutes long if you know that's a, re- a good time and about four and a half minutes of that are just internal chaos because the, the lactic acid course in you. and there's so much time left so in my training for that um i used to try and recreate like distances shorter distances but like build volume in that kind of intensity and I used to get so anxious before those training sessions. And I get so anxious before a 2,000-meter row because I know I'm going to tread that line, you know? I know I'm going to tread that line where I have a decision to make, like to to quit or to continue. And I never know until I get there what the decision is. And often I've failed in those spaces. But I've learned every time. I've learned and I've come back stronger. And I remember I was doing for that 2K that I was talking about. I was um, – I was doing my uh, 1750. So it was the second last um, major training session before the actual competition. So it was 1750 meters and um, I bottomed out. I just didn't have the mental fortitude that day to really push. And I was so disgusted with myself like that. I was back the next day and I pulled my fastest 1750 ever, you know? Um, So you can't be afraid. Like, well, you can be afraid of failure, but I think it's just a reframing about it, you know, that it's an opportunity to learn if you do fail and come back stronger from that.
0: And the understanding that, you know, failure isn't the opposite of success. It's it's part of the journey to getting there.
2: Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Like if you're not it's it's such a it's such a great learning feedback, you know, and if you want to keep getting better you're going to have to fail at some points because otherwise you're been too safe, you know, and you're never going to really maximise your potential. Uh, And so if and when it does come, it's, yeah, just don't let it derail you, you know, and try and get something positive from it. Um, And, um, yeah, get back on the horse straight away.
0: Definitely. You're on your challenge, you're in there, and we know that part of the journey is that you know, after you take that leap, and you, you make the commitment, you know, we know there are going to be challenges, and we know there are going to be difficulties, and you've done the prep work, so you're all ready for it, um, your mind's in the right place, and you know what to do um, to get past those bits when you think, oh, you know, it's, I guess us mere mortals would <laughs> maybe give up a little easier, but, um, you know, what, what are your coping strategies in, in your times of really intense pressure? And I, I know you've been putting out a lot of content on your Instagram page recently and your, your own Deep Roots podcast where you were talking about that Atlantic crossing and the pain you were going through every single day. I mean, that would,
2: mm.
0: all I could think was those sores that you were experiencing and the salt water and the, the relentlessness. How do you cope with that when there's no escape? There's no escape, you're there, you've got to cope. How do you do it?
2: Yeah, uh, well, in in that uh, exact or that that case, you know, that had these pressure sores and seesaws, and um, and and honestly, they, they came from um mistakes on my part, you know, they came from lack of care of my skin. Uh, earlier in the row, when it was very extreme, um, when there was big storms and I was just trying to learn how to survive I just didn 't have the self discipline to uh, kind of get in one, every time I got off the oars is to you know go through this uh, regime of kind of cleaning and drying myself. I just wanted to sleep and you know try and recover that way, so it it ended up costing me big time in the end, and i 'm not too sure I did. <laughs> I did have a coping strategy. It was just trying to find the solution and I tried everything. I was desperate for it. I uh, just desperate because like, you know, I I have to row 11, 12 hours a day um, and I've got seven, 800 nautical miles to go. And every second of those 11 or 12 hours, i've got discomfort and pain like chipping away at my mind like chipping away at my resolve you know just you know oh just the 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 um it, the the narrative like the 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 internal conversation is all around like so it's not good it's all destructive it's all negative you know so i think the first the first thing i found that you must be um conscious of is You know yeah sorry the first port to call the first thing you have to um be linked to it is your self-awareness you have to understand what your mind is saying to you because if you don't understand that if you can't recognize that you can't change it you know and then um, once you're aware it's just having uh the tools to um or the concentrations to uh redirect your mind so um, I've found that there's four things, I think I mentioned them a little bit earlier, the four things that I can concentrate on in any given moment that bring me back to the present moment through there, through the, con- by concentrating on them because I am in control. I call them the four controllables. I am always in control of them. And let's take rowing the Atlantic here for the case. So it's body, the first one is body position and technique. So. If I can, it's almost like a body scan and mindfulness, you know, so if I can link with a part of my body that is working or if I can link with a part of my body that is striving for the perfect technique and concentrate on those things, it brings me back to that present moment. And I just once I'm there, I can't be stressed. You know, I can't be anxious. I just be present on that. And it's like I call it a depressurizer of time or like a neutralizer of times effects over you. You just go into this state. Um, unfortunately, you don't stay there. Um, you stay there as long as you kind of have practice to stay there. But um, that's the first one. The second one is your effort. So if I'm rowing again, rowing the Atlantic is like concentrating on how much effort I am putting through my left leg or my left quad or my grip or my right hand pull or you know just if I bring my um, our uh, awareness and concentration to that body part—it's um, always underworking. So I can actually get a little bit more out of it by concentrating on it, and that just brings me back to the here and now, the present. And again, it just—it has a an effect on uh, my mind by just neutralizing everything and just having me in that state. The third one is breath, always within your control. Uh, so I like to the way i like to train these things is 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 by having cues or questionings so like that you like so the questionings are like self talk and the cues are like self talk as well and so like some of the cues and questionings around breath would be like um what's your breathing doing can you calm your breathing you know a little bit is it nasal is it nasal nasal or is it mouth nasal or is it mouth mouth and can you bring it to mouth nasal 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 to be in a more kind of calmer state uh, and the last one is self-talk you know what's that doing uh, are you being positive or negative you've been nice to yourself or you're not been nice to yourself um, what are you uh, what are you saying to yourself at this time uh, and uh, if the other three are all kind of neutralizers um, what I found with self-talk is it, it brings you back to the here and now, yes, but you can actually, with self, that's the one that can actually change to a, a much more positive kind of vibration inside you. Um, if you're saying the right things to yourself, you know, if you're kind of linking um, emotion with the sentence and then some imagery, you know, you can, you can change your state dramatically instead of just neutralizing it. And so those four things are are of what I've discovered through my kind of my years of of pushing uh, my body. And I have kind of, I put a bit more shape on them over the last couple of years off the back of the Atlantic. Actually the Atlantic gave me the space to be able to realize these, these were the things that I was doing. You know, I, I did, I I wouldn't have been able to articulate it as well now or as well then as I do now, if, if, if I'm articulating it well, I'm not sure, but, um, it was, it was only been out there and having that kind of uh, w- witnessing myself and kind of asking the questions of myself, well, what are you doing here? Like, what, what, because it's, you know, it's working, it's not working, whatever. So I remember um, it was kind of out there where I, I first realized that those were my processes. And I've kind of just expanded it since then.
0: That's beautifully articulated and so powerful because that's the make or the break. So it's just to summarize that it's body effort yeah body breath body
2: position and technique effort breath and self-talk yeah they're you're they're always within your control
0: it's a language especially that can kind of the importance of controlling what you're saying to yourself and and also recognizing when your language is betraying your thinking
2: mm. yeah that's really good i never thought of that recognizing when your language is betraying your thinking yeah mm. yeah no i really like that yeah I hadn't thought about it like that.
0: Oh, thank you. So the climb, you're making progress. You're through the challenge. You've, you've put everything in, in practice and and you're like, right. You're through the tough bit. Um, and now you're making progress. Now you're heading towards the finishing line. Um, which, which values are you drawing on to help you move forward? What values are you never going to compromise on?
1: Work
2: um, I think it's I think effort and actions and, and work are underrated. Um, you know, I, I I think a lot of the answers we search for are in the work, like so, you got to do the work. You know, you got to keep striving. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep raising your standards. You got to keep asking for more from yourself. Um, and and then one day you look back and you go, "Fuck, I've come a long way." Um, so I think work rate is is you know. Um, highly, highly important. And then just persevering through that work, you know, because anytime you're living in that state, you know, where you're constantly kind of demanding more of yourself or raising your own standards, um, there's gonna be resistance, you know, there's gonna be um hurdles to overcome and it's just persevering through them. And I think I think um if it's important enough to you you'll find a way. Uh that's what I've that's what I've kind of discovered anyway. That um you know, no matter what the hurdle is, you, you'll find a way around it. It might, it mightn't be the, what people would describe as the perfect kind of, um, action or the perfect way to kind of overcome it. It mightn't be this, there's no, like I, I often say there's, you know, the fight is imperfect. Like, you know, you just got to find a way through it. And sometimes I, I, I like to think of the, the, um, problems or issues or resistance as hurdles and it's just finding a way and like sometimes you can crawl under it and sometimes you can leap over it, or sometimes you can walk around the side of it but it's just learning to find a way um, and I yeah so those are the two things I, I come up for me when I think about like finishing what you start.
0: Each adventure that you're having is going to bring up its own challenges and as we've just said, you know, some of them will have pushed you before, pushed you more than anything you've experienced before. And you want that, I know you want that, and that's what you expect. But at the end of each challenge, what's your process for processing the adventure so that you can take the lessons, celebrate the achievements, put it to bed and then start planning the next? Because you can't hang on to that, you know, that moment you cross the finishing line, you know 10 minutes later you're done you've crossed the line so how do you process it
2: yeah i agree i, I agree with that um yeah that's it you've done it then and um in, in a way you kind of have to let it go um my again looking at my actions uh, over the years what i um what in particular the Atlantic row more than anything, I think just because of the kind of severity of the challenge and the kind of difficulty of the challenge. Uh, and this might sound really, really strange to people, but, uh, I, I needed to, um, spend some time alone. <laughs> um, I, so what I did was, um, I, my family were there and, um, We spent nine days in Antigua and it was just beautiful. Like, I mean, I was just so at peace and just like to have them there and to see the effect it had on them and how much it meant to them and like to see even the effect it had on us as a family. Like I I would say I never, we never, I never told all those people I loved them as much in all my life um you know I, like a, we wouldn't be a, a family an affectionate family that way verbally you know and i mean i was just like telling everyone i love them like i mean <laughs> it did not matter on the phone in person it was it was and then I, I noticed that some of them started to do it which was a little bit unusual so that was beautiful that's a really really fun memory of mine um so spend time and just lay, lounging around with them eating three meals a day sometimes you, you know just me and my brother and my sister go out for breakfast and we'd meet mom and dad for dinner that night and you know it was just it was just lovely like um spend that time with them but then I and another couple of friends of mine were there as well so and you know had a few beers with them in the evenings or whatever but after that then I actually traveled around the Caribbean for like five weeks on my own um to some of the other countries because I just thought I, you know, I always had, that was my always my plan, like that I I want to see, I worked hard enough to get here. I want to see some of this part of the world. I've never been here before. And it just felt like the thing to do in, in terms of like giving myself that space to kind of try and process it. And I thought it was a little bit futile because it was such an enormous um, undertaking and adventure and challenge and learning and experience. That uh you know five weeks would be no good, and in in a way it wasn't, but it definitely helped you know it definitely helped put some kind of shape on it for me and uh, and then I was ready to go home yeah, and i, I eventually made my way home and and kind of got back into normal life
0: <laughs> How is that does it does normal life feel difficult for you
2: No no, no, not at all because um, i'm i'm always like. Well, what's normal for me mightn't be normal for others, you know, but uh, I'm always kind of working away on, you know, future kind of plans or expeditions or focusing on that and, you know, focusing on my training. And uh, so that's my kind of normal life. But um, if I, I find when I don't have a lot of direction, I, I'm not the best version of myself. But when I have great direction and I'm taking action on that direction... Um yeah, I, I I find life very, very, very enjoyable. But uh yeah, it's it's just having something like that I can, you know, push my energy and push my um I suppose my life towards are into, you know. And that's really important. Without that I found myself a little bit rudderless, excuse the pun.
0: Uh, <laughs> It's the progress. It's the you. You said that key word there is action. It's taking action. So it's having the plan and doing a little bit towards it. Damien, I'm going to look towards wrapping this one up now, and ask about your three non-negotiable daily habits that keep you on track.
2: Well, the first one is is training. Um... I like to think of training, actually, as a psychological process, not a a physical one. So I like to train my values when I train, you know, so I think about things like uh, courage, integrity, um, honesty um because that's the type of person I want to be I want to have these values and if you want to have values as with anything in life you got to practice them so I like to do that through my training and the days when I train really well to those values like today for example was a great day um training wise I um you know I I get a huge amount I feel I get a huge amount from that day so although I don't train every day I train like normally five or six times a week so that i i'll put that in there because it's just so important to me and it's it's brought me so much in life you know so much understanding of myself my mind my body my emotions um so that's first one um i have to eat well so uh i wasn't uh, a healthy eater uh, even for the first i would say eight years of my rugby career you know, I, I dabbled a little bit, but I, I had no commitment around it, no self-discipline around it. So, um, so like it's really important to me to eat well. And, and, and when I made that change, sorry, like the, the the feeling, the the feedback was instantly good. You know, like that, you know, much more energy, much more clarity um, in my thoughts. So, so I try and eat well, uh, like ninety-five percent of the week. You know, eat clean and eat you know, good, whole, nutritiously dense calories, well, you know, good calories, you know, good mix of, like, uh, carbs, uh, I eat a lot of protein, because I, I just, it feels good to me when I do, and uh, some good fats, you know, so, and so that's really important, and um, connection, I think, you know, connection with... Those around me is something i'm striving to be better at because I'm, I'm quite a you know i think we hit on it earlier i you know i'm, I'm a loner like you know I, I spend a lot of time alone and i mean that in the best sense of the word uh i'm quite um insular um to a certain extent even though i would say I, i'm not socially retarded or <laughs> 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 um but uh yeah so just trying to connect now that like uh, you know we, like um so I've been in a relationship with my partner now for about a year and a half. Like I said, we we're expecting our first baby. So that's a big focus of mine in, in being a better uh, partner and uh, connecting there. And she's kind of leading me through that because, um, you know, it's it's new for me after a long, long period of uh, being a, a single man.
0: Oh, gosh. And it's nine weeks. Your baby is nine weeks off.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah, very excited, and you know, it's a dream come true. And yeah, cannot cannot wait to, We're having the little girl, so can't wait to hold her and uh, protect her, and uh, yeah, and try and uh, try and lead her uh, well in life.
0: Well, she's got a fantastic starting point. What what a role model she has to look up to. You and your girlfriend, Damien. Oh. Um, oh. I thank Thanks you. A
2: lot. We're, we're fine.
0: So thank you so much to chat with you, it's honestly been a a pleasure and I wish you every success for the adventures that lay ahead of you, Um, including fatherhood, which will be the biggest one. (laughs) Mm. Thank you so much to listening to the podcast. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode and you have a moment, please rate and review. Your feedback is so valuable and helps to spread the word about our work. We're mostly active on LinkedIn and Instagram, so please go ahead and follow us. Your likes, comments, and shares to your stories make such a huge difference. I hope you'll come back next Friday for more. And in the meantime, please stay safe, look out for each other, and most importantly, be kind.